both honor, praise, and glory this morning. Thank you, Lord God, for your goodness and your mercy, Lord God. And thank you, Lord God, for watching over us all during the night, Heavenly Father. Thank you for keeping us, Lord God, safe from all her harm and danger and evil, Lord God. And thank you for blessing us, Lord God, to see this wonderful day. This day, Lord God, we pray, and we will rejoice and be glad in it, Lord God. For you are our creator, Lord God. And we just adore you, Lord God. And we magnify your holy name, Heavenly Father. And we love you, Lord God, with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength for who you are. You are glorious. You are holy. You are a true God, an awesome God. You're from everlasting to everlasting. God, and we thank you that all power in heaven and on earth is in your hands, Lord Jesus. And we thank you for the precious blood of Jesus that was shed for us. And for all that you've done for us throughout this whole week, Lord God, we couldn't have made it without you, Heavenly Father. Thank you for always being by our side. Thank you for leading us and guiding us in the directions that you would have for us to go, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God, for blessing our family, Lord God, and thank you for keeping them safe. Thank you for keeping them in good health, Heavenly Father. And we thank you, Lord God, this morning. We thank you, Lord God, for our service this morning. And we thank you for each and every person, Lord God, that's gathered here this morning, Heavenly Father. We thank you, Lord God, that they got up this morning, Lord God, with a heart, with their mind stayed on you, Lord God. We thank yes. you, Lord, for the obedience, Lord God, to come, Lord God, and to worship, to, to, to service this morning, Heavenly Father, Lord God. And we pray that you continue to bless each and every one, Lord God, 100-fold, Lord God. And we thank you, Lord God, for your presence this morning. And we thank you for your presence among us, Lord God. And we also thank you for the Holy Spirit, Lord God, this morning. And we pray that the Holy Spirit, Lord God, will have his way, Lord God, this morning. That the Holy Spirit, Lord God, will move among us, Lord God, in a powerful way, Lord God. And we want to thank you, Lord God, that we won't leave the same way we came, Heavenly Father. And we want to thank you, Lord God, for the Holy Word that's going to go forth this morning, Heavenly Father. For we know that your Word is living and powerful. We know that your word is truly, is true. We know that your word is holy, Lord God. And we want to thank you also for our pastor, Lord God, who's going to bring the message this morning. And we thank you, Lord God, for your power anointing upon her. For she is truly the one of, woman of God, and you use her in a powerful way, Lord God. And we thank you, Lord God, for the word that you're putting in her spirit, Lord God. And we thank you, Lord God, when she opened her mouth, Lord God, that you will fill it, Lord God. And we thank you, Lord God, that your word uh, uh, will accomplish to all that you sent it out to accomplish this morning, Lord God. That it will not return to you, Lord God, all and forth, Heavenly Father, Lord God. And we thank you, Lord Jesus, for all the great blessings, Lord God, that you bestowed upon us, Lord God. Today, Heavenly Father, Lord God, we worship you and we honor you, Lord God. And we bless you and magnify your holy name. And we thank you, Lord God, for all those, Lord God, that may be on their way to join us this morning, Lord God. And we ask you, Lord God, continue to watch over them and those that's not here, Lord God, this morning. And those that need to be here this morning, Lord God, we pray, Lord God, that they will have a heart of prayer. We pray that they will have a mind that stayed on you, Lord God. And we pray that you will bless them, Lord God, and keep them safe, Lord God. And we thank you for all that you're going to do, Heavenly Father, this morning. And we pray, Heavenly Father, Lord God, that someone, Lord God, that comes on and need to be saved will be saved and filled with the Holy Spirit, Lord God, that their lives will be changed, Lord God, that you call.
hope them by name have a father, Lord God, that you call them out of the darkness and into your mother's light, Lord God, and that they will leave worshiping you, Lord God, full of your spirit, Lord God. And we want to thank you, Lord God, this morning. And we want to line up the enemy this morning, Lord God. If he does anything, Lord God, to distract or to disturb or to interrupt this service, Lord God, that he will not accomplish it, Lord God. And we put, put him under our feet this morning, Lord God. And we plead the blood of Jesus against the enemy right now in Jesus' name, Lord God. And Lord God, that he would not disrupt, Lord God, our service, Lord God, or do anything, Lord God. And we thank you, Lord God, this morning that the joy of the Lord is our strength, Lord God. For you are the God of our salvation. We thank you, Lord Jesus. Strength <laughs> of our life. And we thank you, Lord God, that you are our shield all around us. You are our glory and the one who lifts our head high. And on your word. And we give you all honor and glory and praise this morning in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. So she's not on at this time. I don't know what happened, but yeah. <clears throat> there she goes. She's back on now. Hello? Much time. But I hear my pizza and I say, it says make a hoax, but I don't see couple hoax. No. Instead of trying to play it, is I'm going to share it into the chat to everyone, and then um, they're able to watch it. Oh, okay. That'll be fine. That'll be fine. So we'll go back now. 
uh, you're able to watch it at your leisure and enjoy it because it is uh, it's a blessing. Okay, uh, Reverend, we'll go ahead now. Okay, I hope everybody can hear it. This thing is acting up. Because 
Pastor, I'd just like to say, you know, uh, for the members who, you know, have a, a, a gospel song or a worship song that y'all want to hear on Sunday mornings, you let me know. I'll run it by the pastor. And if she agrees, we'll play the song that you like, because I've just been doing my choice or the pastor's choice. But you send me something you want to hear on Sunday and I'll run it past the pastor. And if she agrees, then we'll play your favorite uh, uh, gospel song. Okay, pastor? of my heart 
be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Uh, and, and everyone said, Amen. Amen. Excuse me, I'm losing my voice this morning. That's a bad confession, so I'm going to be all right with my voice, y'all. So anyway, we want to look at that first scripture, Zechariah, chapter 4. That's Old Testament, verse 6. So does somebody have that? Then he said to me, this is what the Lord says to Zerubbabel. It is not by force nor by strength, but by my spirit, says the Lord of heaven's armies. Okay, so it's not by force and it's not by strength. Does somebody have another translation of that? Well, the King James translation says it's not by power. It's not by might, it's not by power, but it's by my spirit, saith the Lord, which is just a little uh, play with words that is different. So, you see, it's not by how much natural power we have, not by how much high important we are and the might that we have, but it is by the Spirit of God. And so when we talk about the Holy Spirit, we're talking about the Spirit of God. And so we need to know that if we know of Jesus Christ and the pardon of our sins, then the Holy Spirit dwells within us. He lives in us. He is a part of the Trinity, which is the, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And so when we look, uh, look at our lives, prior to us knowing Jesus Christ, we know that when uh, we accept Christ, uh, things change for us. Uh, we begin to want to live a different kind of life. And the Holy Spirit is also uh, considered our teacher. He is considered a comforter because Jesus said in John, I believe, chapter 15, the Gospel of John, that he, it was expedient that he leave the disciples. He said, but I'm going to leave you with a comforter. And he talks about that comforter and describes the comforter. Uh, and he said that he will know all things. He will show you all things. He will guide you into all truth. And, uh, and he will uh, uh, show you things to come were some of the things that Jesus said in that scripture. And so this morning, we want to talk about where the power comes from. And the power that we need to live the life that God wants us to live, the power that we need to be obedient to God, whatever his calling is on our life. And each one of us has a call. No one is without a calling. Everybody's calling is not bullshit ministry. Not uh, called in the five-fold ministries. Uh, but you are called to do something in the kingdom of God. And so we have uh, various uh, signs, but we all have signs. And so look at the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit 
hot. It's the cloth, the sun, and the Holy Spirit. And it's called the Trinity in God's Lord. And he is the third person of the Trinity. And so this morning, we want to talk about where the power comes from. Well, we have to know that in Acts chapter 2, verse 4, that on the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit came. And I'd like for somebody to find that just as a refresher and some that may not know that scripture. So Acts 2 and 4 tells us that on the day of Pentecost, when all of those followers of Jesus Christ were in the upper room, and the Holy Spirit made his introduction into uh, the earth in terms of the ministry that Jesus talked about uh, before he came, which was, I'm going to send you another company. So the company came on the day of Pentecost, and Pentecost was 50 days after the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So say, after the resurrection of Jesus Christ, after he was And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to... So we can grieve him 
we can make them sad and we'll talk a little bit about that. How we make them sad. And we make them sad when we are disobedient to God. We make him grieve. And so sometimes he will go away with the And uh, then in the Old Testament, I want to explain uh, the Holy Spirit. In the Old Testament, we read from Zechariah, which is the Old Testament. But in the Old Testament, if you read through the Old Testament, and by the way, we're studying Daniel, the book of Daniel, where the Holy Spirit was used a lot with Daniel. But the Holy Spirit came upon the Old Testament saints because Jesus hadn't been, hadn't been crucified and resurrected. But for us, we received the Holy Spirit when we received Jesus Christ as our Savior. But in the Old Testament, when you read about the Old Testament saints, in many cases, the scripture will say, and the Holy Spirit, Spirit came upon them. Uh, and yet, that was just one single incident. But with us, we have the Holy Spirit on the inside of us at all times. But we can grieve the Holy Spirit because I said the Holy Spirit has healing. And the Holy Spirit, when we are disobedient to God or when going to talk against God, that grieves the Holy Spirit. And uh, there's a teaching that says that uh, about suicide, that people who commit suicide uh, blaspheme the Holy Spirit. But that is not true. That is not the, the, the blaspheming of the Holy Spirit. The blaspheming of the Holy Spirit is actually denying that God exists. And we'll show you that in scripture at another time because I'll be a teacher. But when we look at John 15, verse 26, somebody be looking for that now, y'all. I want you to keep up with me. And then Luke 3, verse 22. So y'all be looking for that while I'm still uh, sharing about the fact that the Holy Spirit can be grieved, the Holy Spirit can be made sad. Because he is a person and he has healing. And you see, we don't recognize the fact that God has healing. You know, we can do terrible things uh, and say some terrible things. And we think God, uh, well, he'll forgive me. Or maybe we don't know him that way, so we really think we don't care. But you see, God uh, is grieved. When we uh, deny him, you know, Peter denied uh, Christ, and he had told Christ, oh, I just love you, Lord, I would never do anything against you, Lord, and Jesus told him, before the rooster crows three times, you will deny me. So Jesus was captured by the Romans to go, they were going to take him to uh, crucify him, and uh uh, while they were beating him and treating him badly, Peter was standing uh, somewhere watching because the disciples were afraid when this happened. And so they kind of hid out. And uh, this woman said to Peter, she said, uh, uh, you know that man? Are you a part of his group? He said, no. She said, but you talk like him and act like him. Are you sure you're not a part of that group? And he said, no. And then the third time she asked him, if you just if you uh, do a word study on that script, 
alone. And because he was scared, but you see, Jesus had already warned him that that was going to happen to him, you see. And so Jesus forgave him. And if you go into the, I believe it's John chapter 20, you can see where Jesus forgives him for denying him, for betraying him. And you know, I, I, I've been talking some about betrayal and this book that God is helping you to write. Because as a person uh, called to ministry or leadership or whatever you call to be uh, in the body of Christ, you may face some betrayal. And uh, I'm including in this book that I'm writing that I hope you all will have an opportunity to read. We probably will finish it at about the end of the year and get it published uh, so it'll be available at the beginning of 2021. And uh, we talk about betrayal. So Peter betrayed Christ, but Christ forgave And even on the cross, he forgave the people who had treated him so badly. So the Holy Spirit can be grieved. The Spirit of God can be grieved. You have to remember that. And so somebody has that John uh, chapter 15 uh, verse 26. Do you have that? Yeah. But when the prophet had come, who I was saying unto you, I can't find. If I need you to show me 
what I can't see. I need you to guide me into all truth about this situation that I'm in. You see, you can do that. And this is a part of the power of having the Holy Spirit. This is a part of the Holy Spirit's job, his assignment, is to show us when we have sin in our lives, to help us get that straight with God, because what we don't understand many times, we do these things, and then it separates us from God, because God can't tolerate sin. So you kind of close the door, and then you're saying, Lord, where are you? Why aren't you helping me? But you just close that door with that sin, and you're trying to cover it up, and we all do it, and it goes back to the Garden of Eden. Adam and Eve covered up with fig leaves because they had committed the sin of eating fruit from that tree that, that God told them not to eat from. So cover up is what we like to do. We like to cover it up. And so here comes the Holy Spirit, and he shines the light on that because it's separating us from God. It's hindering us from being able to hear from God. And so we want to understand about the power that the Holy Spirit gives us. But we also want to know, want to understand that the Holy Spirit will convict us of our sin. The Holy Spirit will guide us into all truth. The Holy Spirit will reveal things to come to us. And, and not a fortune teller, he's not a soothsayer, so don't play that game with him. But he will guide you into all truth and show you things to come. Show you things to come so you won't be caught off guard. Show you things to come because he wants you to have the faith to believe that what you ask for from God is coming to pass. And I give an example that I just love to give is uh, I was working uh, in a small company in uh, San Jose, California, where I acknowledged my call to the ministry. And I was working in the resources. And uh, my boss, my manager, uh, I was her uh, administrator, uh, she was very, very nice and we got along very well. And from day one, she shared the work with me. I knew how to do her job just as well as I knew how to do my job. And that's what a good uh, manager will do for you or anyone. If you're a good manager, you will teach your subordinates how to do your job because you're going to need a successor at some point in time. And so I'm working at this company and all things, kind of things were going on in that company. Uh, and uh, things that I didn't know about that I now know about real well. At that time, I was uh, just uh, really uh, amazed at the things that was going on. Folks were using drugs on the job. Uh, they were cutting uh, cocaine on the production floor. Uh, the first day that I worked on that job, uh, we had an all-company meeting because one of the women that worked there was a dope dealer. And she had gotten arrested, and her aunt told the vice president of the company if she didn't uh, get her out of jail, that her police had a, excuse me, had a black book, and 
she's going to turn that black book over to the uh, to the police and all those folks that were working in the company that was buying dope from her would get arrested. And so the vice president of the company had a whole company meeting to let them know, if your name's in that book, you're on your own because I am not going to uh, do anything to get this woman out of jail. She'll have to take care of her own business and I just want you to know it. So anyway, back to the back to the, to the reason I'm telling you all. So my my first day on that job was that day that they were having all company meetings. And I came from a nonprofit uh, background. I got uh, with the school district for ten years, and I had worked at a nonprofit doing employment placement for the handicap before I came to this job in this company. And so I am just amazed that all was going on. So the manager said to me, I want to tell you something because I want you to know why we're having the company meeting. And I think she thought I was going to quit and go back to my other job. But anyway, she told me the story about the dope dealer. And then I found out later on about all the other stuff that was going on. But God put me there for a reason because I could get those employees when they came to me for help. I could get them in to my office and close the door and offer them prayer. And I can tell you, nobody turned me down when I offered to pray for them. And nobody complained to management that I was praying for them. So it was a God opportunity. But, you know, the Holy Spirit will guide you into all truth. He'll show you things to come. And so God helped me to know that this was why I was there. And that was the reason that I was in that place that I was in, because if I had been working any place else in that company, I couldn't have reached the people that I was able to reach. So, John uh, 15, read that verse 26. Now, Hebrews chapter 9, verse 14, does somebody have that one? Hebrews chapter Oh, boy. Uh, just think how much more of the blood of Christ will purify the conscience from sinful deeds so that we can worship the living God. For by the power of the eternal spirit, Christ offered himself to God as a perfect sacrifice for our sins. So Jesus was a sacrifice, was sacrifice for our sins. We never would have been able to be accepted, acceptable to God if it had not Jesus died on the cross, was crucified, and then he died, and then he was buried, and then he was resurrected on the third day. And so because of that, we can get forgiveness for our sins. And so we need to understand that it's because of that we are able to get forgiveness of sin. Then the Holy Spirit comes to help us to know when we 
have sinned so that we can repent. Because along with the forgiveness that was taken care of on Calvary, uh, on the cross, we also got in that passage repentance. And repentance means that I can say, I'm sorry, Lord, forgive me of my sin, and he will give us forgiveness, which then keeps us in a place where we can communicate with him in prayer, uh, that he will continue uh, to be able to help us because the sin is out of the way. That's what repentance does. It takes the sin out of the way so that we can stay in communication with the Spirit of God, with God himself, uh, with the whole God here. So that's why we need the Holy Spirit because he convicts us of that. He will remind you know what? You need to take care of that. Well, God, I will. No, you need to take care of it right now because it's interfering with your relationship. And so then you have an opportunity to say, I'm sorry, Lord. And we need to say, I'm sorry with a real regret for this reason, God. When you get to a mature point in your life with your relationship with God, that you're able to feel bad when you do something wrong. Not because he's gonna break your arm or uh, push you out of the family, but because you want to prove yourself. And the Holy Spirit helps us with that. You know, I want to please God. I want to make sure that I'm doing things the right that he has assigned to me. It's very important that I please God. And uh, when I was uh, on staff in Center many years ago. It's not easy anymore. It's now, uh, oh, 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 I can't make sense of the name of it. And it's the Center was in San Jose, and I was on staff there as one of the, uh, the ministers. And, uh, and you know, uh, this young woman came and she said, uh, I want to spend a day with you, uh, Reverend Fraser. And I thought, spend a day with you. So she said, yeah, I just want to, I want to shatter you. I want to follow you. So, of course, I was responsible for uh, various, some office, some clerical stuff. Uh, the pastor had me putting together a counseling team, uh, women's counseling team. I was doing some intercessory prayer uh, work. And so I was doing a variety of things there. And so she followed me around all day, chit-chatting and, you know, saying, so finally she said to me, she said, you know, I have watched you on Sunday mornings and other times that I've been here at the church. And, you know, you walk around here and you look like you don't take no mess about God, that you are serious about God and you expect everybody else to be. <laughs> And I laughed, and I said, you know what? You're right. I said, because it's very important that I preach God. And if you want to hang around me, you need to have that same desire to preach God. And so we laughed about that. And when I finally found out who wanted to hang around with me, is that she wanted uh, to start a, a daycare center, and she wanted the church to give her a rubber stamp. So she started 
And the Holy Ghost descended in a bodily shape like a dove upon him. And a voice came from heaven which said, Thou art my beloved Son, in thee I am well pleased. Jesus before he was 
born. And she went to John the Baptist's mother, who was pregnant with John the Baptist at the time, and shared what had happened to her. Because you see, in those days, uh, she could have been stoned because she was not yet married, and she could have been stoned to death for being pregnant without a husband. So she went and told her, her cousin and uh, told her what was going on, and then as a result, they praised the Lord together. And, uh, she and uh, John the Baptist's mother and sister praised the Lord together. And as they were praising the Lord about what had happened to the Virgin Mary, uh, the John the Baptist began to leap in his mom's stomach. Those of us who have had children understand how that feels when that baby has to jump around. <laughs> and you're in those last stages of pregnancy. That baby begins to jump around. And sometimes it's quite uncomfortable, but you sure know they're there. And so that's what happened to Elizabeth. So you see, we have seen the Holy Spirit through everything that is going on with Jesus. He's a part of the Godhead the third, third part of the Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And he's able to give us power. And a good example of how he gives power is with the resurrection, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Because no human being went in that grave, that sepulchre, that grave, that tomb, no human being went in there and got uh, okay? When the disciples came, what they saw was a grave close. And the thing that had been wrapped around his head was laying there, folded up. That's what the scripture tells us. And so we know that there was no human involved in the resurrection of Christ. Christ died. He died on the cross. He said that I give up the ghost. That's what he said, Lord, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And then the scripture says he gave up the ghost, meaning he died, and those soldiers came along and stuck that sword in his side to make sure he was dead, because, you know, that, that big artery goes uh, through there. Uh, they, they put the sword in his side. But he was already dead. He had already left. And so when they buried him, he was dead and dead. That body was dead. His spirit was very much alive, but, his, but that body was dead. And so the Holy Spirit came. And then in that tomb, and then that body raised up. That body got up and began to come out of that grave. And then the disciples uh, saw him in the upper room, and Mary Magdalene saw him, but didn't know who he was. Oh, it's a wonderful thing to read about how our Christ, our, our Lord and Savior, was resurrected from the grave. And he set the pace for us. So we need to understand that our bodies will, our spirits will leave our body one day. And we will go to be with him in heaven. And then we'll uh, receive what 
body, and uh, we will build heaven with that. So we've got a future that is just fantastic. We've got a future that uh, is something to look forward to. There is no such thing as you just never, when you die, you never wake up. Because your spirit remains alive. Your body dies, but your spirit remains alive. And that spirit has to go somewhere. And we want our spirit to go straight to heaven to be with the Lord. We, when we leave these bodies, we want to go straight to heaven and be with the Lord. So I'm just about done now, but I want to look at, I have to use uh, uh, Luke 3.22. I have to use that, right? Right. Yeah, I read that. Mm -hmm. Okay, so uh, we know is that we have power, and the reason we have power is because of the Holy Spirit. So, so to finish this up, I want to go back. The other day, Reverend T and I had our meeting about the book. Reverend Chairman Mayor is uh, helping me to get the information together for the book. And she uh, has several, has published several times. And so we have these meetings and she takes the information that I give her. And I am looking for somebody, by the way, who can transcribe all of this information. I need somebody who can take voice and turn it into text. And so if you know anybody who's skilled at doing that, please uh, direct them to me. So we're there, and uh, we're, you know, we're talking uh, about the various things that God has done in my life, and uh, how he called me to ministry, and how he's uh, led me all this time. And so when I look back, I the Holy Spirit has just guided and directed me. And at some point, I really was a novice about spiritual things. And God showed me how powerful He was and put me in places that I never expected to be. And, you know, I was sitting at the, uh, the, 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 the youth employment program that one East Colorado had last year. And uh, the young man who is now the county manager, uh, he started, when he first started, uh, he uh, wanted to do something for East Palo Alto, and he wanted to do something to cause people to uh, get help, those that had gotten in trouble and been on probation. He wanted to help them. So he started, to, he got some grant money for us to have a program called SWAG. And that program is for youth that are on probation, and it provides additional services for them so that they can get their records cleared and so that they can have another chance to do well uh, in their lives. And so he's just a really nice guy. He's a former policeman. I want everybody to know this is a man who was a policeman in San Mateo, uh, the city of San Mateo for some years, and he said it was during his time as a policeman that God put that burden on his heart because he saw too many uh, 
color, youth of color that were being arrested and put on probation. So now he's the county manager. You see, when God, when you do good things, God will promote you. I've been praying with our folks every night uh, that pray with me, and I quote that scripture. Uh, some of these folks need promotions, and the scripture says that promotion doesn't come from the north or from the south or from the east or from the west, but it comes from God. And uh, that's a whole nother book, I think, as I talk about how God promoted me to some places to do jobs that uh, I never would have dreamt that I'd be able to do. So what I was going to tell you about the county manager and this youth uh, graduation from the youth employment program, uh, they always invite me and I come and do uh, the prayer because uh, we believe in doing invitation at our events. And so I do the invitation to one each call out them. But here I was sitting next to the county manager having a conversation with the county manager. So how good is God that he would allow me to know people who were in high places that given me favor? And I remember one time that my my sister and brother who uh, went to Rhema with me, uh, the Bible College, uh, they have a church in Redwood City. And every so often they invite me to come and speak, but uh, they're... Uh, they're uh, son works for the service elite of San Mateo County and I'm on that board of directors and so uh, they invited me to have some brother come from somewhere I don't even know the brother never met him in my life and he got up to do uh, his uh, message and he looked at me and he says sister and this has been some years ago it wasn't like it was last year. It must have been at least 10 years ago. And he said, Sister, could you stand up, please? He said, The Lord is showing me that he's going to put you in some high places. 